Hello, and welcome to this episode of Borderscapes. I am Alexander Tugin, and this is Virtualized, an episode looking at the borders between the online and the offline world. Firstly, I would like you to close your eyes for a minute. Try to focus on my voice and ignore the outside distraction. I would like to take a moment to thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you are going to like what you're about to listen to. You can open your eyes now. Did I manage to catch your interest? The World Wide Web was invented in 1990. From then on, the online realm has evolved to the point that one must put an active effort in in order to avoid it. In the space of just 30 years, humanity has managed to create a completely different world through social media platforms, gaming and websites. News, activism, political movements and learning have all got an online presence and influence. In this episode, we discuss the borders we encounter in between the online and the offline realm with a detailed look at the different ways people present themselves and the ease and accessibility of learning. Our first segment is online persona versus real life personality. The question I am going to ask in this episode is, do you think the online world helps bring people closer or does it make us go further and further away from each other? The first thing we are going to look at are images on social media. We have all encountered pictures where the locks of hair are perfectly placed into a position that complements the face structure of a person with a caption or hashtag, woke up like this. The skin tones resembling Greek gods and goddesses, the perfectly chiseled jaws and the hourglass figures are the first characteristics to pop into anyone's mind when describing social media influencers and models. There is a lot of work going into achieving that image and unfortunately, I am not talking just about exercise and a healthy diet, <laughs> if it was that easy. People have made a trend of using fake tan, makeup and a heavy amount of editing tools that completely change certain aspects of the body. In my personal opinion, there is nothing wrong with using makeup as a form of enhancing certain features, but there are examples of images where an excessive number of digital edits have been applied in order to create a complete transformation, making the person in the image look like a different human being. These edits lead to unrealistic image expectations for the rest of the world and contribute to a detriment in the mental health of the general population. One of the borders between the online world and the reality is that society has taken a liking to appreciating images that look professionally taken and that are edited in order to show a perfect image. Social media is not an accurate representation of reality and nor should it be. For many of us, social media represents an escape from reality, but some of us subconsciously take the social media requirements into the real world letting it affect our body image and general happiness. How many times have you caught yourself looking at your body in the mirror and finding flaws that take it away from the perfect image presented to you online? How many times have you beaten yourself up over the fact that you don't have a six pack, that your nose is not sharp enough, that your eyebrows are not on fleek? 
The saddest thing about all this is that companies bet on those insecurities and create products that promise to help one acquire that image. There is a capital on slimming pills, fake tan beds and lotions, protein shakes and other products that give people the impression their worth will go up by using them. Fortunately, in the past years, there have been movements that support self-love and encourage people to appreciate their best qualities rather than to choose to dwell on the ones they like less. I, myself, am a big believer in always trying to strive for better, as long as better does not come with sacrifices that would hurt your body. Another border that comes in between the online realm and the physical world is the fact that, from a personal experience point of view, people show little to no emotional personal struggle on social media. Social media only shows the good parts and events of someone's life, with very few to no people posting their struggles and insecurities. Having created a perfect world, we, as humans, feel restrictions when it comes to sharing our less fortunate experiences. As I stated before, social media represents an escapism from the real world, from the world of broken hearts and dwelling over events. People tend to not speak about their bad experiences online. If we were to go back to a time when we experienced something that hurt us, we do not feel like sharing it with the world. We talk to our best friend, we talk to our mom, therapist or our siblings. In times of need, we feel like we have to distance ourselves from social media in order to deal with the problem. Even when influencers and online personalities talk about an emotional experience through their videos, it is over a rehearsed script, thoroughly thought out. An online persona is worked on, edited, thought about. A real person is raw, makes mistakes, shows emotions. We are so used to putting on a facade online, to presenting our life as being as close to perfect as we can. One of the many, many reasons why that happens is because people tend to be more vicious online, being able to voice their opinions without any repercussions. We have all probably encountered the so-called keyboard warriors. If you're not familiar with the term, a keyboard warrior is a type of person who generally attacks other people on social media on matters such as looks and personality traits. Keyboard warriors are generally harmless to the general public. However, when it comes to influencers or celebrities, they can do a lot of harm. The online world opens the gates for bullying at a much higher rate than in face-to-face -face situations, especially when someone's content is available to a much larger scale of people. There is a much higher chance of someone pointing out one's imperfections and bringing up their insecurities to light in the online world. This is one of the reasons why people almost feel compelled to use filters and other tools in order to improve their image to reach those so famous perfect goals. The online world is filled with tricks that can make your viewer or listener believe something that is not real. In the case of images, it is Photoshop. In the case of podcasts, well, we can add sounds. I can make it seem like I am in the field or that I am in a busy cafe. When, in fact, I am sat at home on my bed sipping a cup of coffee. Or am I?
In the second half of our episode, we are going to look at the borders between the online realm and the real world in terms of learning. The rapid development of the coronavirus has forced institutions to close their doors to students and move their courses online. The current pandemic situation has proved to us that we live in an era where online learning is definitely possible. With so many students having to return home to be close to their families, we are still able to get on with our work and participate in class. Living in a digital era, we are able to go to classes online to constantly be in touch with our teachers through emails and Zoom meetings. Teachers who are doing their best to give us all the support that we need in order to be able to succeed. Unfortunately, the current situation has also brought to light why for some individuals, online learning is not yet at a point where it can replace physical universities and schools. A border that I found with online learning was attending online classes. In a normal situation, I would find myself to be able to go to class no matter what state my mental health was in. I knew that once I was in the classroom, I could place myself in a position where I wouldn't have to actively participate if I didn't want to, while still being able to take the information in and gain knowledge. Most of the time, I wouldn't take advantage of that, but having that situation be possible represented a comfort blanket that I hung onto. When universities had to close their physical buildings and our course was moved online, I developed an anxiety of going to class due to the fact that I would be more visible, hence easier to notice. I was lucky enough for our teacher to care to reach to me personally, but many people do not have the same privilege and luck. In the case of students like me, online learning sometimes is not a viable option due to anxiety-related issues. Another hurdle that I personally experienced with online learning was a lack of motivation. In the real world, I was able to go to class and create connections. In class, one is able to befriend fellow students, have study groups, which makes studying a lot easier by combining business and pleasure. Being part of a group is helpful when it comes to discussing ideas, giving each other feedback, and most importantly, emotional support. Having to find the motivation to do the work on my own has been difficult for me personally, and it has represented a real border that slowed my progress. Having said that, once I was able to put enough strength into finding the motivation to do my assignments, I was shown that success was still accessible. Online learning is definitely an easier way to gain knowledge, and it is a step in the right direction when it comes to accessible education. However, there are multiple factors that come into the discussion and many borders that need to be broken down in order to achieve progress. Thank you for taking this journey with me and looking at the multiple aspects that differentiate the online world and the physical one. I'm producer Alexander Tugan and you've been listening to Virtualized an episode of the Borderscapes podcast, produced with the support of the School of Media, Film and Music and a Digital Practice Award at the University of Sussex. Martin Spinelli and Lee Gooding were our executive producers. Our theme music was composed by Rahul Panchal and our graphic design was by Anna Beltran-Silva. We had technical help from George Robinson. 
Additional episode music credits and info are available on our website, borderscapes.org. And for social media, we are at Borderscapes Pod. Thanks for listening.